everybody. This is Trevor McGee from Lawrence.com uh, with this week's Lawrence.com podcast. But this week I'm not the host. I'm actually the guest. Uh, I'm with the guys from DadsBigPlan.com, and they include Aaron Weber. Hello. Alan Rapp. Hello. Ian McFarlane. Hey. And Bobby Beerley. Kalima uh, Shakti Day. Sure. Okay. <laughs> anyway, I'm in their presence, and we are going to talk about Captain America. Thanks for That's joining it. us. Thanks for having me. I'm glad we could get to you oh, and include yeah. you. Who let him in? Actually, you have really lax security here. I didn't even have to. <laughs> I've been trying to. There was the employee entrance. I just walked right I in. I swear oh, to God, God, that monkey is drunk. Yeah. Every day. All the time. Every day. Oh, man. And speaking of drunk, I had a few margaritas last night before we went to go see Captain America, the first Avenger. Oh, my God. I have been waiting for this movie I thought, for so I, I long. I thought uh, Red Brown was uh, awesome, by the way, in the movie. <laughs> No one knows what you're talking about. No. You know one. You that's, do. I know. That's the worst way to introduce that at all. I know, <laughs> right? It's like let's just alienate everybody right now. Here's, this is the this is the movie that actually, when you think about the Avengers, this is the one that matters most. Captain America is the character that really is the linchpin and pulls it all together. So I've heard he's the first Avenger. That's the rumor. Yes, <laughs> that's the rumor. So the basic premise for those of you who have lived in a cave for the last. 75 years, is that Steve Rogers is a skinny, idealistic kid from Brooklyn who's 4F. He can't get into the Army. He wants nothing more than to serve. He gets picked to take part in a, in basically the super soldier program, to come up with building the perfect soldier to win the war. Through the process, becomes Captain America, kicks a lot of ass, learns, laughs a little, loves, loses, falls into is, some ice. Is frozen. And is frozen, like a fish stick. Spoiler alert. I don't know if that's really a spoiler at this point. Anybody well, who's lived in a cave for the last 75 years. To be, to be fair, Bobby is currently reading his second ever Captain America comic. That's true. So. Uh, for the person who's lived in a cave for 70 years, this podcast, technology, <laughs> is a spoiler. <laughs> so I think, I think we're fair there. Um, now, I, let's back up, not quite talk about the reaction to the movie. When I heard that they had cast Chris Evans, I just – my heart just sank. My, yeah, my reaction really? was, oh, that guy? I went, oh, Quippy McQuips a lot from Fantastic Four, yeah, you know, and I hadn't, you know, the Losers hadn't come out yet, and you know, I liked him in the Losers. Pilgrim. Scott Pilgrim. Scott Pilgrim, but he's, he's, you know, he's Mr. Cocksure, cocky, arrogant. He's always got a, you know, he's always got a, a clever line, and that's the antithesis of, of Steve Rogers to me. Yeah, um, I am now sold. Yeah, he blew I'm me out of the way. Way sold. He's, a, he's, he has progressively been growing on me every time I see him. When I saw him in Fantastic Four. Like, I didn't want to see the first Fantastic Four specifically, but because of that scene that was in the trailer with him, like, in the nurse's thing or whatever, she's like, you're hot. And he's like, thanks, so are you. I was like, oh, my God, what a douche. But every time I see kind him in a new really movie, douchey. I, uh, every time I see him, he, uh, he grows on me more and more. <laughs> and I grow on him. <laughs> and they grow together. I think the judge has forbade that <laughs> particular action from you. It's like a 200-yard radius. Is you that, want us is to, uh, to give you some room alone with Chris Evans? I know. I thought I was going to be the guy gushing Guys, over I this, have to but... share a mic with this guy as he talks about Chris Evans. You better to wipe it off. You better wipe that down. So um, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to save me for last because we all – I think I'm the one everybody's going to gang up on. So, Alan, what, what was your take on this? I, just kind of overall, I thought it was a very good movie. I, I would place it between Thor and X-Men First Class. For the summer? For the summer. Well, that's three wins for Marvel no matter so, what. Yeah, well, it's it's three kind of Batman Begin level 
wins for Marvel. How, they didn't have the big, huge Dark Knight film, but they had three good, really good, solid films. How hard does this hold Green Lantern's face in a pile of shit? Um, not, not. <laughs> it curb stomps Green Lantern. It, it, it does, does not, it does not curb stomp. Yeah, it really but it, it's definitely a step up from I that. I think the Smurfs is going to curb stomp Green Lantern. I don't think it blows, I don't think it blows Green Lantern out of the water to me. Really? So. Wow. Travin? First of all, Steve Rogers would never hold anyone's face in a pile of shit. But, <laughs> but the Marvel executive team, they would. Yeah. In they a would. second. They they're, they're, in ba- fact, they're bastards. In fact, maybe. I think that's part of their writer is they have to walk across people held down in shit to get to their, <laughs> yeah, that's how they, their chair that's how every they day. Get, that's how they go places. Yep. Yeah. That's how they get there. Uh, for me, I, you and I had kind of talked about it. Uh, we, we were both kind of stealing ourselves for disappointment. Oh, yeah. And yeah. Um, and I was maybe maybe I just set the bar too low so that when I when I when a good movie showed up I was very impressed but I was actually I was very happy with the movie I got um, didn't totally agree with all of it but um, for the most of, for the most part I was I was very pleased um, I still think X Men First Class is my favorite superhero movie this summer but I'm not really sure. This sounds bad. I'm not really sure why. I, I've, <laughs> I've seen. I've seen. I, I'm going to guess January Jones <clears throat> no, and her I, acting prowess. Yeah. Well, she's. God, she's good. But, uh, <laughs> she. Um, no. You know, I, I've seen X Men First Class twice. I think once I see Cap the second time, I think I'll be able to make a more informed decision. But I've seen all that and Thor. Um, I've seen all all but Cap. I've seen those other two twice. Um, once for the screening, and then once just to see it. And uh, I don't know. I mean. There's a lot going on in Cap that I really appreciated. There are just a few things that I, I didn't really, I wasn't on board for. Um, I was actually more impressed with Joe Johnston than I thought I'd be. The yeah. look, the look and style of this movie is perfect. I yes, mean, I think is. I think the air is perfect. I think just the 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 look of the characters, the costume design. There's just a lot of care taken into a lot of that, and it's very much. It's not meant to look like, you know, uh, it's not meant to look like a historically accurate version of the 40s. You know, it's it's very much this sort of. Idealistic Norman Rockwell style. It's it's, it's World War Two through the eyes of a comic book. Yes, very much. Absolutely, absolutely. And and there there are a lot of comic book elements that I was really the little unspoken things that they they sort of inserted that I I like that harken back to the way comics used to be before every hero had to be you know gritty and you know have two dead parents and you know (laughs) like lost their first love you know and gotten addicted to heroin and had a gay experience in rehab you know before all that you know um, Bobby is writing that comic book right now yeah that's the new Archie title I want to cut I want to (laughs) cut but you know they don't spend time there's not a training montage where Steve Rogers learns how to be a military strategist no one ever no one ever comments on the fact that when he gets hurt he's healed soon after no one ever acknowledges that he has a healing factor kind of like in the comics you know there are a lot of things like that that just kind of happen that they don't spend time there's not some line where it's like gee steve you sure are healing fast you know like there's no one no one says, can i get some of that mojo yeah, yeah no one says anything like that there's a lot of a lot of those elements that just kind of occur and and, and aren't the time's not spent on them or the the design and <clears throat> the sort of technical might of hydra and the way that they make all their weapons and the way that they look, you know, no one wastes any time saying, how are they doing all this? It's just sort of an understood that they're technologically advanced and that's how they're able to build those things. And, and I think that does, that harkens to the point that they've done a good job using Captain America to set up the universe of the mm-hmm. Avengers. Yeah. Because everything that we see is the precursor to technology that we've seen in Iron Man mm-hmm. or we're going to, has been referenced in Thor. Yep. Um, we get, uh, I'm they impressed do a great, with the direct reference to the, Thor and the the 
final Well, they actually name conflict. Odin. And, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah there's well, some... you get the world tree. And you yeah. Get, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And they really some... come in. They bring it in. But yeah. That, fi- yeah, that final that final showdown where there's like there's just a clear-cut direct reference to Thor. I was like, holy crap. Like, they've actually, they really have been planning this in a lot of ways. I'd be interested to see what uh, hand Whedon had because he, he got to go back and do punch-up for this movie. I don't know. I don't think he did any punch-up for... Thor, but you know, like we were talking before we started recording, he he uh, recorded that little the tease, tease at, the, at end. the end, yeah. But yeah, I'd be interested to see because you can tell there are just little threads that are gonna get answered yeah. in the Avengers, and not big threads like whatever happened to the magic cube, but you know, yeah. like little little things, little little one-liners, you know, references that you know are gonna come back. And I wonder how many of those were in the script before we even got to punch it up. This should put to rest. Um, Favreau's complaint that Marvel screwed up Iron Man 2 by making it try to be incorporated into the Avengers. Yeah. Because now every other movie's done such a gorgeous job of blending all those yeah, elements and, and together. And Iron Man 2 was the least of those. Iron Man 2 didn't really yeah. have yeah. much of that at all. <clears throat> For my part, I went back and watched Iron Man 2 again like last week, a couple weeks ago. Loved it. I did not like it the first time I saw it. <laughs> but now in retrospect, after seeing Thor and... Incredible Hulk and all that uh, stuff. The, the second viewing, you got over her mop hair, and, and it, you, you're, you're able to get past that. Yeah. I can't. I, I can't it. get. You past don't have any room to talk, I, buddy, because you I, hated the straps on Captain America's suit for I, months. Oh, I know. Months nothing. I nothing more than oh, all the straps. Ooh, it's like Rob Liefeld designed it. Alan's, Alan's and, 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 uh, I'll tell you what. Straps. In in the movie, with when he's in action. And you're not staring at each one of the straps as you are, and it's still. <laughs> it, you, oh, it I'm staring. Staring at the straps. So there's utility. No, the the, the costume actually worked far better than I thought it would. Oh, yeah. The only part that was a little awkward was the helmet itself. From a certain angles, it, it looked strange. It, it was. It's a tough costume to pull off, and I think they did a, an, an exceptional job showing us that costume in motion. I'd like to try to pull it off. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? <laughs> pull up, like pull, pull the, the costume c- off of his sweaty body. Yeah, or? that was the that was the subtle. That's the subtext. Uh, Did I bring that to the front? Yeah, I'm sorry. Kind of ruined the joke. So, guys, he's leaning in right next to my face <laughs> and saying these things. Somebody, please get me another mic. <laughs> Listeners, come come to our aid. Well, better than right into There's your no, ears. You don't need to be. Afraid. I know, man. This is, <laughs> hey, hey, look. I'll put some Jack Johnston on. Everybody chill out, dude. Just, I got some Natty. We're good, man. But no no judging. I prefer not, Gavin DeGraw. He's not putting the moves on you. I mean, I know. Just, but be, you know, before, before that moment, we were talking about the costume, and I just want to mention quickly the, the first costume he wears, the knitted Well, let's, let's, let's save that for a second because we have other people in the room. We have guests. No, no, no. Oh my goodness! So uh, I'm, the, I'm the guest. <laughs> You're all guests. Damn it, <laughs> Bobby. Let's hear it. Uh, first of all, I think this was. Uh, I'm glad that they did Captain America now, rather than trying to do it earlier in the the series of films. Like I think, both as a lead up to Avengers, it's perfect because um, it establishes the heart of the universe. Like this was definitely the the Marvel Studios film that had the most heart to it. And and Rogers is the most like sympathetic of all the characters that we've seen so far, I think. Um, and they they were able to take their time with this because the the production values are awesome. They yeah. clearly, uh, uh, like Trevin said, they they put a lot of care into this. I mean, I was really impressed with the way this film looked. Yeah. Uh, as far as the studio Marvel Studio films goes, I would put this at the top. It was an instant best for me. Um, this and then Thor and then. Probably Iron Man. Maybe even Iron Man too. I don't know. As far as Chris Evans, I would put him between me and Chris Hemsworth. You know what I'm saying? What? 
Uh, I think a lot of people would like to put him between the hey. um, But uh, considering the, the the how easy it would be to go like super bombastic with a character called Captain America, I mean, you could just go way over the top. This was really understated. I really liked how yeah. low-key it was, especially all the stuff we get at the beginning with little Steve Rogers. And um, it was just... They were just trying to make a good movie. Joe Johnson really just made a good movie that happened to also be a superhero tale. Yeah, I think so. Ian, so let's hear it from you. Uh, I totally agree with what you're saying about a, like a relatively subdued movie. Of course, it's not a subdued movie, but it is for a Marvel production. Yeah. Um, I really like how Joe Johnson pulls it in that fashion. And also, I'm certainly not the first person to point out this feels like an like a throwback to another era of filmmaking. Not just in the in like all the in the fades they have from scene to scene, but also just like the structure of this film feels like an ongoing adventure, like something you'd see at a at a matinee back in nineteen forty seven. I apologize for that voice, by the way. Uh, As well, you should. But I think I think where the problem comes in is this is still an action movie, and Joe Johnson just doesn't like those, the, the action scenes, with the exception of the montage when Cap first gets into gear and starts kicking some ass across the sea. It's it's just it's not interesting at all. It's false flat for me, and for that reason, I have to consider this film kind of a mixed bag. Well, you know, it's it's this is the one that. You know, I had all my hopes and dreams pinned on. Trevin nailed it early. I, I had set myself up for such disappointment. Yeah. And I didn't, you know, every trailer that I saw, every clip that I saw getting closer and closer to the screening, I was t- my brain was going, dude, dial it down. You are going to get your heart stomped on. Yeah. And I didn't dial it down at all. I went in there going, God damn it, live up to my expectations. You had a few drinks. I mean, e- only, only a dozen. I mean, that's not like... <laughs> You know what, though? But that would have made my disappointment worse because I'm an angry drunk. Oh. Angry, <laughs> hateful drunk. Just crying. You know? Oh, God. My heart. When they do but, that to him. But here's – we got to the final scene. Credits start rolling, and I just went, God damn it, Joe. You beautiful man. Thank you. Yeah, I heard that. That was really weird. <laughs> was out of context. That was, it, it was, really it was yeah, inappropriate. Yeah, I really had to really. set that up a little bit. But I, I think he delivered the film I wanted him to. This is the movie that had the highest bar to clear in terms of, um, you know, the character's name is Captain America. It's a World War II film. Yeah, and there's a it's huge a, legacy behind that character, yeah, too. Yeah, but he's a character that's always had trouble being taken seriously when other mediums have gotten a hold of him. Mm-hmm. He's – Captain America is the Superman of the Marvel Universe. He's the one everybody looks up to, which I, I think says something about those two um, those two houses of comics. and. One's an ordinary guy who's just a little bit better. The other's well, to, Jesus. To be fair, but, he's not an ordinary but guy. But no, he started out an ordinary guy. Yeah. And I think this job did a really good job. Uh, the film did a great job setting up why he deserved to be Captain America, why he was the right choice yeah. for the role. And they carried that through. No quips, no one-liners, no stupid pithy comments in the middle of a fight. He just goes to town. Um, and... Considering the action montage scene, I, I can see where it hints at such cool shit that you want to see yeah. more of it. But at the same time, thanks for giving me like six straight minutes of Captain America kicking ass yeah. without having to bog me down with setup and and you know w- what was this mission for or mission after mission after mission. Mm-hmm. But we got to see 
We got to see a lot of cool scenes with the shield getting thrown. Oh yeah. my god! Yeah, we never <laughs> see scenes like that in action movies, but this movie really makes a like a case for him. We should see more stuff like the, that. The only yeah. thing, the only thing that bothered me a little bit with the shield was he doesn't ever have actual training with the shield. All of a sudden, he's bouncing it all over the place, and you're like, how long did it take for him to get? To be able to do this, did is you, it all his natural? So wait a minute. Reflexes? So you, you were you're glad they didn't spend time on a training montage, but now you're sad no, no, they no. didn't spend time no. on a training montage. As I said, I wanted more of that. I didn't want just the one montage. I wanted more of those scenes. Nah, I don't. I don't care about his training. I want Captain America kicking ass. I mean, that's just all there is to, to it. To give I, a little context, of what we're talking about there, there are basically there are two larger montages that happen. Um, the movie has very clear acts. It's one of the most clearly d- divided movies I've seen all summer. Where there's a, yeah, it's well you know, delineated. Delineated, yeah. yeah. That's a good way to put it. And there's one montage that I'll just call the USO montage that Alan kind of referenced earlier where you see the original costume, like the original, original costume with the, the red booties. And, and it everything. looks as ridiculous as you expect. That, that, that looks like, you know, Someone even the, makes uh, fun of the yeah. booties. Yeah, it's yeah. great. Um, and then there's a second montage later on that, like Aaron just described, is is just sort of um, a highlight reel of Captain America smashing not Nazis, unfortunately, uh, winning the war, basically. Yeah, yeah. just just uh, Cap smashing not Nazis. <laughs> <laughs> the Nazis. Also, someone, yeah, Nazis. Nazi light. <laughs> Nazis. Um, Nazis. I think uh, another another actor that, I, that deserves some credit is uh, Hugo Weaving. I really like. Oh him. yeah, he's yeah. always a great villain, and I. You know, even even if he's just the voice of a villain, like in Transformers, he's he's still fun. But uh, oh, no, 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 no. no, the villain of Transformers is Michael Bay. Yes, <laughs> right. That's he's yes. the villain, the central villain of the series. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I heard it was Megan Fox from all the press recently. But oh, poor Megan Fox. <laughs> I agree with you on Hugo Weaving, but the one supporting role that really got me was uh, Tommy Lee Jones, who was oh my god, so great in this. Has the good old Tommy boy. Lee phoning it in Jones. Oh, he was not. He was not phoning it in. Dude, he could do that role in a diabetic coma. That doesn't mean he's phoning it in here. I don't know. I, I, might, have to, I might have to disagree. Am I, I alone I, here? I, I think you are, you guys agree? I, thought, I thought he was fun, but I didn't think it was. He, you know, I wouldn't d- describe it as a great performance. Too, too much comic relief for me. Too he's, much of the winking, is, like, hey, I, I, I'm that. the gruff old soldier. Yeah. I ain't kissing you. <laughs> yeah. I think, I think that's a, <laughs> the role would have come off that way in a lesser actor's hands, but there are a lot of great moments with Tommy Lee Jones, towards the beginning especially. Yeah. I know his first scene when he comes in and he's about to talk to all the new uh, the recruits and you can see like in his eyes he's just like pulling back this uh, speech he gives to every new recruit uh, and he just like jumps into this mode I don't know Did you guys see to me it, he struck me as the one actor in the film that really who dis- didn't want to be there who, well who decided to treat it like a superhero film oh, really? everybody else seemed to take it a little bit Serious, mm-hmm. a little bit more seriously. He, he did an interview recently where he said, "I don't know what the movie's about, and I think it's silly." I'm not making it up. Yeah, like no, that. I, 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 I would, I would believe that in know, a second. He, you he, could tell he had no desire to be there. Yeah. Also, I wouldn't go that far. I wouldn't go. I think, I think he's playing out, out of all the roles in the movie. He's playing the most that is an actual caricature, and so he's stuck with that yeah. to a certain extent. More than Stanley Tucci, I didn't. Well, that's the other role that, that that I have some problems with. But at so. least he took it seriously. I mean, but it, it just it, he really felt like it was just kind of a well. He breathes some. That, that character allows him to breathe some humanity Which in it, where Tommy Lee Jones okay. doesn't. Yeah, I don't have a problem with Tommy Lee Jones in this. I mean, he's I don't either. Obvious. Yeah, he's like, fine. I have a I have a feeling like in the table when they were talking at the table where they were talking about casting, it was like we need the grizzled old uh, you know sergeant or whatever, and they're like everybody's like Tommy Lee Jones, yeah, Tommy Lee Jones, okay, yeah. It was either that or Michael Ironside, and they're like. 
Do we want to like this guy? Uh, yeah. Okay, let's go with Tommy Lee Jones. <laughs> it's like just a given. I think Tommy Lee Jones' agent is like, hey, there's another gruff role for you. He's like, yeah, take it, whatever. Yeah, it's funny. <laughs> but I liked it. I, I thought he fit perfectly. Yeah, I don't think he detracts from it at any point, but he's just, to me, he's very much the weakest link. Now, do we, do we want to talk, spend a minute to talk about uh, the villain of the piece? Mr. Hugo Weaving? We were talking about I, I know, but we got off on track for, on, on Tommy Lee Jones. I had no idea his face looked like that. <laughs> I know. Isn't that odd? Yeah. I, I will say I, another complaint I have with the film is the special effects at times, from, just from certain angles, they, they seem to bleed a little bit. And we were talking about this before, whether it's actual the 3D yeah. that, that makes it do that or whether yeah. it's just the CGI well, and, itself. And let's, let's take one second to talk just about that real quick because this was – it's an upconvert. But they knew very early on they were going to upconvert it, so they were able, they were able to. It's able one of the few good upconverts. It's really well done, yeah. but the problem is it's still an upconvert to 3D. Yeah. So there are scenes that you think they're supposed to look majestic and grand, and they look like tilt shift photography, mm-hmm. or there uh, there's an angle where it begins to look very CGI. For the characters, the faces look muddy or whatever. Because yeah, yeah, there's, yeah. A yeah, there, there's some definite drop. red skull moments yeah. where it's he were, he was, but was I, off. Did you guys notice how awkward over the shoulder shots looked in this with the 3D? Yeah. Yeah. It was. It was. You could tell Joe Johnston was was uneasy with that piece, but but everything. It's so aggravating because everything else was handled with such care. You watch this movie and you go, okay, this is a guy who learned how to make movies working on Raiders of the Lost Ark, which they and make a reference to. Yeah. Really make one. In fact, yeah. you know, we we, we walked out of the theater. And I looked at Red Trevin and I go, you know Joe Johnston was, please get me John Williams. Please get me John Williams. No, you've got money for Alan Silvestri. <laughs> okay, fine. Fine. <laughs> I'll try and wrangle him in. There's two, <laughs> two music cues that get so close to doing the iconic Raiders theme mm-hmm. that it was like, okay, maybe we'll do it and no one will notice and they won't sue us. <laughs> Some guy went, no, 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 no. It's funny because that's, you know, that's one of the... I said earlier there were some things that I didn't agree with that the soundtrack and the choice to use not just Alan Menken it's fine whatever but or Sylvestri um, Alan Menken does write a song for it but he writes the USO song yeah. along with Joe Johnston yeah. yeah but um the 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 thing that really hurt me f- with the soundtrack was just that it's one of those ever present soundtracks and I'm I hate soundtracks that just don't give scenes room to breathe and yeah. every moment that was even remotely comedic dramatic action packed cathartic was punctuated by a music cue that didn't need to be there. I, I think superheroes that drove me nuts. Superhero films, on the whole, have that problem. They don't know how to let that scene be silent. Yeah, um, I, I think there are even points in, in both of Nolan's Batman films where I kind of go, "You didn't need that there." Yeah. He's, he's better at it than most because yeah. he's willing to let a scene stay silent. But it, just on a whole, people don't people don't seem to go. You know what? You can actually let this scene do, play do, out. Do you think it's you because know? they don't trust the material enough? I, I think Hollywood up until the last couple of years hasn't figured out how to take this as a serious genre. Yeah. You know, and considering how much money it's making them, you'd think they'd start. Yeah. Well, you know, and on top of that, I don't I don't want to sound condescending to the audience, but it does if it helps you understand that oh this is important you know oh, yeah. anytime anytime you underscore or overscore something with with a heavy music cue it's like oh, I should pay attention to that you like know? Uh, I mean, you gotta say you know it's better than Watchmen we're talking about nuclear war let's play ninety nine left balloons god, god damn it Snyder so. yeah. <laughs> let's start talking about Watchmen let's, yeah if you, if you want to keep this thing under an hour and a half long, I know though I, I do have to make a, we have to point out that we uh, we went to the press screening last night 
and the film starts, and it's bright pink. <laughs> so the the projectors, I'm, I'm guessing the t- it was out of toner. I don't know. <laughs> you know, bad. they, they need to go to Staples and buy some cyan. And I thought it was some weird tribute to like weirdly colored comics that I don't know about. You know, it, but the so the first ten minutes of the film, which takes place in the middle of a, a blizzard, yeah, in Antarctica, <laughs> which is already hard to see, already hard to see, is bright. Pink and, and magenta. No, there's no detail on any faces. You can't see anything but this just bright pink <laughs> hue that covers. You know, and impressive, really. And it's 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 very rare. We're in a, in a press screening. You know, we, we do enough of these where we'll, we'll joke and make comments. But that was every critic in the room was going, "Oh, this was this an homage to e- Terrence Malick? Everyone became brave choice, Joe Johnston. Everyone became Shecky Green. It was terrible. Yeah, I sat there pretty- and just heard so many one-liners. And now, now, now thankfully, thankfully, I, I will say that they didn't just stop it and then restart it from that point. They actually went they went back, back and started the film beginning. again, which was good. But was but, nice but the moment they stopped it and they stopped it right when on, they find <laughs> on the shield, so they find the shield in the ice, and that's where they stop. And the first thing out of my mouth was, that was already better than The Watchmen. Yeah. <laughs> that first five, 15 pink minutes was already better. So, yeah. <laughs> oh, Bobby's looking at me like, oh, oh, how can you hate America so much? <laughs> but I think, uh, you know, so to put it, my, everybody's done their order. I'm, I'm on the same side with Bobby. This is the best of the Marvel Studios films. Um, it's the most. No. No. <laughs> no, you're not. We're, we're still on my opinion. We'll get to your wrong opinions in a moment. Okay, but, you, but your opinion is incorrect. You realize that. Right? <laughs> You've defended all three Transformers. Uh, all th- no, all I have not. This isn't Eric. This is Eric one. we got to have her one uh, scapegoat. Uh, Do you want me to wear an Eric Moline mask over I think my you face? Should. I okay. think you should. So, so my order of it would be, would be Captain America, Iron Man, Thor, Iron Man 2, Incredible Hulk. You didn't put first class. Oh, first class. No, first class. I'm talking Marvel Studios. Marvel Studios. Adam. (laughs) What? No, we're talking. We have that conversation every freaking time we get together. According to uh, the way Wikipedia has it broken out is Marvel Studio with another studio, Marvel Studio by by themselves. And those are the five they listed by themselves. Yes. Those are the only five. Iron Man was was the first one that they did in-house. Yeah. Yes, thank you. Even though Incredible Incredible Hulk came out before yeah. Iron Man was filmed first, right? They just didn't, get, they didn't have the no, same. No, Incredible Hulk came out like um, two months later. Yeah. Oh, was it later? Yeah. 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 Um, and it was just the way the distribution deal had turned out. But I, I think this is the one that's the most complete package. I think they, they got the most right with this. All right, everybody. Well, that's the end of the podcast. Uh, I want to say thanks again to everybody at Dad's Big Plan, and that is Aaron Weber. Hello. Alan or goodbye. Mer- goodbye. Um, I'm unfortunately, hopefully I'm not forever, but you never know. Bitter tears. I've got a long drive home. And That's true, I'm, you do. I'm quite sleepy. So. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe the last time you see me. Um, Alan Rapp. Bye, folks. Ian McFarlane. Have a good one. And Bobby Beerling. Bye, Con Queso. Thanks, everybody. <laughs> and um, you can get this podcast and all the other Dad's Big Plan podcasts, which you guys are on number nine, or is this number ten? Uh, this is Actually, this is going to be number eight. Next week will be number nine oh, for us. Oh, okay, so. great. So this is number eight, and uh, you can get that at Dad's, dadsbigplan.com. Let me say that right, dadsbigplan.com, and then also on iTunes. Yep, and if you're looking for us on iTunes, just look for Four Color Freakout. There you go. All right, thanks a lot, fellas. Everyone, have a good weekend. Thanks for having us. Good night. Good night.